Hello, it's transfer deadline day. My head is spinning. It's doing absolute cartwheels. Phil, I'm sure yours is the same. It's actually got busy quite early. Alex Pritchard, Pritchard has departed to Birmingham City, signing a two-and-a-half-year deal to reunite with Tony Mowbray. Uh, there's also news of a deal for Callum Styles being back on for Sunderland. Obviously, Pritchard's exit would signal that uh, Roman Mundell's deal is pretty close to the right-sided winger coming in from Standard Liège in Belgium. Phil, how are you doing? Have you had any breakfast yet? And where are we at with transfers? Yeah, well, I'm much more experienced in these matters than you. So I went to Little Bakery yesterday, got myself a panel chocolat for my deadline day breakfast. So I'm doing very well. I'm calm, collected, and ready for the ready for the long day ahead. I've missed a trick there, haven't I? I've missed a trick. <laughs> so yeah, so what do we understand about where things are at right now? Pritchard's move to Birmingham City's obviously been confirmed. So it looks like I think a real shame the way that one ended because I think. Pritchard's been a wonderful player to watch, really. Um, he's been an absolutely central part of how Sunderland got from where they were, which was in the League One doldrums, to where they are now, which is a team realistically talking about promotion in the Premier League, someone I've loved watching. I think realistically, I'm kind of pleased that Christian Speakman's statement was very diplomatic. Mm-hmm. I think that while what happened over the last week was far from ideal, ultimately, it's hard to quibble with where Pritchard's gone to. He's got a two and a half year deal at this stage of his career. I'm sure a very good contract at Birmingham. And I think everyone can understand his reasons for wanting to pursue that, even if sort of the way it happened over the weekend left a bit of a sour taste. So that one's obviously done. And from someone's perspective, they were happy for Pritchard to, to pursue that, but not for free, which I think you can understand when it's to a direct yeah. championship rival. They've got a fee, not a huge one, but not a totally insignificant one either. It'll be six figures, I'm sure. Um, and so I think ultimately that suited everyone. As you mentioned, Romain Mundell, that deal's all but done. It could even be announced while we're sat here on this video, I would imagine, as a possibility. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, not a, direct, um, not a direct replacement for Pritchard. He is a winger. He can play off either flank. I think while he obviously offers depth now um, in the next few months, I think this is one of Sunderland's sort of succession planning signings, if you like. Obviously, Clark and Roberts have been exceptional for a long period, but... You want to build the talent below them as well. Bar's obviously one of those. Burnett, who's gone out on loan. And I think Mundell sort of fits into that category. It's interesting. For the rest, isn't it? Sorry, just, just, sorry to interrupt slightly, just to interrupt quickly. But it's interesting, isn't it, because of where Pritchard's been played in the sort of past five games, the last five games of his Sunderland career, he suddenly turned into a right winger when really, actually, he's an attacking midfielder. And it's only because Roberts is injured he's been out there. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting, that little caveat, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, I, I think what's interesting about the Pritchard thing is that really Sunderland had their number 10 options because they thought Pritchard was going, the, going to go in the summer. So when Pritchard initially asked the club for a longer-term deal last summer and they decided against it, that's another podcast about whether that was the right footballing decision. We won't go too much into it now. But obviously Sunderland signed Aushish, they signed Job, they signed Bradley Dack, um, and they obviously want to have create opportunities for Chris Rigg as well. That's maybe the slightly yeah. under-reported yeah. or under-discussed aspect of this. So actually, in number 10 position, they're pretty well stocked. The caveat that I know supporters will be saying is, is that Pritchard has been more consistent than, than certainly Aushish and Dak this season. Joe has been very, very good, but obviously there's there's worries of fatigue there at times. So, yeah, I don't think it's a position where someone needs a direct replacement, Pritchard. But as you mentioned, with the injuries and what have you at the moment, I think it's good that there's another, another sort of player coming in, albeit someone who maybe we're looking at as a regular starter next season rather than right now. But... You know, who knows, maybe he'll come in and tear it up. Hopefully, we'll see. 
It's interesting with Mundell as well, isn't it? Because he, I believe he rejected a very long-term contract offer at Tottenham to go and play for Standard Liège. So that, to me, is a significant indicator of his mentality. And I, I think that's a, a real positive. Maybe hasn't quite worked out for him, but he's got over, experienced something a bit different and, and hopefully Sullen can provide that good home, good environment, which they have done to give them to give them credit yeah. for, for, for young players and he, he can develop well. Well, listen, we talk a lot about the Sunderland recruitment model and, and rightly so, but let's be fair, this is one aspect of the strategy that so far has worked incredibly well. Yeah, I would Targeting agree. very good academy players who are coming towards the end of their contracts and want to start playing senior football now. We've seen it with Sirkin, we've seen it with Equa. Um, this is something that they've done very, very well in targeting these opportunities. And, and you know, maybe, you know, Mundell is similar to that Equa who arrived last January. We didn't see him for a little while as he's sort of embedded, hasn't played a huge amount. Mundell is more experienced now, obviously, as you mentioned, in senior football, but maybe that's a similar one where we'll start to see him towards the end of the season with the hope that he can really sort of then attack pre-season. Um, and yeah, which deals haven't we talked about yet? Yeah, Styles, so Callum Styles. Styles. Yeah, so Callum Styles is one that I now would go as far as to say I think probably will happen. So obviously we knew, with Mundell pretty much done, we knew coming in today that striker and centre midfielder were the two kind of key targets for Sunderland. It looks like Styles is going to be that midfielder. Someone asked about him earlier in the window. Um, a deal wasn't agreed then, but I think Barnsley have kind of been expecting him to go all month and that has now been revived. So it's not quite the sort of holding midfielder Corey Evans. I was, I was, I was going I to say, is he, is he a yeah. six, Bill? Is he a six? Because that's I the wouldn't thing, have said so. I think he has played, he has sort of played in that role for Hungary. And this is a really part big part of the deal. It's one of the reasons why Styles was keen to step up. He wants to protect his international place. Um, he has a quite remarkable international, I think it's a grandparent, he, he qualifies for Hungary. He's obviously playing um, with some pretty good players on that side. And he does play as part of the midfield too, um, in a 4-2-3-1 for Hungary, as, as I understand it. So it's certainly a role he's sort of um, comfortable in, although I would have said that he is more energetic. Um, but certainly in terms of if you look at the way it's something to play in this season, he would fit into one of those Neil or Echo roles. And obviously the big thing, which we, we, we have mentioned elsewhere, is that he can also play at left wing back. Beal's made pretty clear at times it's not going to be his go-to formation, but he does want to switch to a back three. Um, and Styles and Kjelda now give him that option for the short, short and the longer term. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm expecting that one probably will go through today and then strike it. We don't know. Um, Kiefer Moore looks like he is going to be on the move because Bournemouth is strengthening. They're bringing in a striker from Turkey. On, on big money all, as well, on yeah. very big money. So that would suggest that they would like to get Moore off the books yeah, of, you would in have some so. description. Because obviously You would have thought so. Whether they can get him out on loan or whatever, whatever happens with yeah. him. But as I think we've kind of all feared, I've kind of suspected all month, um, there's teams with bigger pockets in that race, and certainly all the sources close to that deal are suggesting at the moment that Moore's most likely to go to Ipswich. But we'll wait and see on that one. And what I would say as well is that I'm sure someone's been well aware of that possibility all month. So there's nothing at this stage um, to suggest that you know they haven't got alternative irons in the fire. So we'll wait and see on that one. And then where else have we got? Should we talk potential outgoings today? Is that the last thing to... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Just very quickly, though, on the Styles thing, because it's a... Sunderland's midfield fascinates me at the moment, and I don't want to go too in depth because obviously this is quite a, a short, uh, bite-sized podcast. But with, with Styles not being your number six, given where Dan Neil played last week in that sort of holding role, he's done it before for Sunderland. Could we see him at the base of, of maybe a, a deeper three, possibly going forward? And and just to add to that, I was listening to a pundit 
over the weekend, and I, I can't for the life of me remember which one it was, but it was a very good point. And it said that top sides actually have the ability to change formations two or three times in games. Sunderland maybe haven't had that, um, but but now with an extra midfielder, you could maybe go 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, you could go to a back five in transition. So it does offer that flexible um that tactical flexibility, especially with the Leeds guy coming in at left back as well. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And one of the reasons why Speakman's always been quite sort of um hasn't really agreed with the suggestion that they should sign a direct replacement for Corey Evans is that I think because there is a belief, rightly or wrongly, I'm not offering an opinion on it. I'm just giving what I think is the view is that, you know, moving forward as they try to dominate games and become a really strong attack side in this division, they don't always want to be playing with a, a, a number six. They feel they can play with that two, if you like, who then rotate. Um, but I agree with you. So maybe the view is that, you know, you add another player in that mould who has some defensive strengths, but is also very energetic and get forward. And yeah, in certain games, maybe you decide you want to play with a, you know, more of a 4-3-3 or more of a holding midfielder. Maybe Neil can be that player at times. Maybe Styles can be that player at times. We won't know until we've found more about the fans. So I agree with you. I think it is about flexibility. Um, personally, would I have liked to have seen it as sort of grey hairs, if you like, in, in front of the defence? I think at times that can be really, really useful, but I can sort of understand someone's perspective that you don't just bring one in if you don't realistically think they're going to play in the long run. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that one shakes out. It's been a long run and transfer debate, isn't it? And I'm sure it will continue to be. And yeah, really interesting to see where Styles fits in and how that plays out. Yes, outgoings. So to my mind, there's been three so far. Harry Gardner headed out on loan to Bly Spartans. Jefferson Bennett's gone on loan to Greece. Pritchard out permanently what else is likely phil oh and romain mundell has just been announced as a Sunderland player so the prediction came true phil yeah well <laughs> we were sort of right weren't we so that's good um outgoings yeah so what are we expecting well we're not 100 percent sure because i think we always knew that this is going to be by and large dependent on incomings isn't it so the most the outcomes the outgoings that we're sort of expecting today are probably loan moves to players who are going to be impacted by those who come in so Callum Styles being a classic example, will that lead to Jay Matete going out on loan? I think it's a distinct possibility. And I think that's also true up front. So we know that if, if Sunderland get a striker, they may well allow Louis Hamir to go out on loan. But obviously, if he doesn't, they may well feel they need him as additional cover for the rest of the season. We also know, don't we, and, and maybe you can come in because I know you've got a bit of background on this, that there's potential for Nectar Triantas to maybe go out on loan. Um, Hibs... Um, is, a, is a potential destination. I don't know if you want to want to pick that one up. Yeah, I will. Um, that was nicely segued. I will talk while you uh, tap away, Phil. Don't you worry about that. Uh, so yeah, next to Triantis, obviously Sunderland have options in the centre of defence. Lugo Nine, Dan Ballard being playing there. The lad from Leeds coming in does present an option as well. Jensen Sealt can play there. So Triantis is going to need game time. A bit like Bennett, in a sense, though, it's he's come to a new country um, last summer, although he is English-speaking, so it's it's a bit easier for him to sort of bed in. But I think the question will be, and you probably agree with this, Phil, do they want to sort of unsettle him again six months after sort of joining a new uh, club? The caveat to that is, is that Triantis' coach at Central Coast Mariners, which is where Sunderland signed the player from, is now at Hibs. So that is a potential link-up that can happen. I think there's definitely interest from the Hibs end. And there was certainly earlier in the window, but Sunderland rebuffed that pretty quickly. 
Uh, now, this was before Sunderland started to sign players, so you do wonder if that's something that could get done. Obviously, Hibs, you know, as a club, isn't that far away geographically from Sunderland, so it's not like he's going to the end of the earth. He can still probably check in um, with his parent club. It just offers him that that opportunity to to learn about British football. You know, the Scottish Scottish division, people talk about a lot about the Scottish division, but in terms of getting a young player ready for for you know, British football and championship football. I don't think there's actually many better proven grounds, Phil. Uh, I, I love this deal if it happens. I think it's a, I think it's a brilliant long move. You're putting them in an environment that's really going to help them acclimatise to the championship. I think it's, it'll be a really valuable playing experience for him. You're putting them in with a coach who obviously knows really well, so that's a massive tick. And as you say, it's not a particularly long move, so it's somewhere where you can maintain that dialogue and, and look after him really closely. Um, and if anyone ever in their life gets the opportunity to move to Leeds, they should do it. So that's just another another box tick for me. No, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. As you said, we we don't know whether that's going to go through yet. But um, uh, that's a deal that makes a lot of sense to me if it happens. I think with Hielder and potentially Styles coming in, as we've discussed, who can play as left wing back, I think the level of cover is probably quite decent in defence. Um, yeah. When you think that Elise will be back at some point, he's still a couple of weeks away yet, yeah. but he, he will be back before the end of the season. So. I think that while it's a little bit of a risk, I think it would potentially be a really, really sort of high reward yeah. one. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that. Just um, uh, two two or three points to finish with. Mundell taking the number 14 shirt for Sunderland is a, is a massive uh, massive shoes to fill, obviously vacated by Ross Stewart in the summer, hasn't been used since. Phil, what do we know about that deal quickly in terms of contract length? Has it been announced? I'm guessing it's undisclosed. You'll have to tell me because I really honestly haven't had a chance to look yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, it is an undisclosed fee, but our understanding is that it is another seven-figure investment. Obviously, we know how someone do these deals. There'll be money up front, but part of it will be sort of um, bonus dependent um, depending on how much you plays all that kind of stuff potentially whether someone get promoted all these little things that come into it four and a half year contract um, and I'll just before we leave people I'll just read a little bit from Christian Speakman here he says talented players like Romain are highly sought after and we saw this firsthand in the summer when he left Tottenham we didn't anticipate him being available on a permanent basis but when we sensed an opportunity we moved quickly and decisively to make it happen our ways of working and structure are a real strength in these moments um, and someone would also say that while they haven't got international clearance yet, they're hopeful he'll be in the squad on Sunday at Middlesbrough. So there you go. Kind of a deal that, you know, I don't think someone were planning for this month, but obviously a player they liked and, and they've moved quickly and, and crucially. We talked, a, we, well, everyone's talked a lot about the Stewart, Lahaji, the Gooch money. And clearly that's allowed them to, to move pretty swiftly in this circumstance. So. Yeah, I feel like we should uh, go and do some more work, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, while accepting that things can change very quickly, we've given people a bit of an insight to what they can expect for the rest of the day. Yeah, two very, very quick points. I would say that I think this deal sort of does challenge that narrative a little bit that Sunderland won't spend money. I think it's that, that narrative sort of does needs... I get where it comes from, but... To, to my mind, Sunderland will spend money where they feel like there's value and I, I, can, I can understand They've that. always... They've always invested in transfer fees. You just have to go back to their arrival. Yeah, 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 what yeah. is true, what is true is that they are not competing with the top four to six clubs in this for division. Twi- for, 28, for 28 or 27-year-old or 29, uh, yeah, all of that sort on of wage, stuff. On wages is the big thing. On wages, yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, yet yeah. a big championship spender. That's an absolute, you know, that that is a fact. Final, um, final question, Phil. Kiefer Moore doesn't look likely, obviously, we've discussed that. Would another striker 
be available for Sunderland? I don't know names off the top of my head, but do you think they'll have other targets or is it Moore or nobody? I think they have other targets, but I think that is the position where they are least likely um, to do something just for the sake of it. I think the stance has been all month that we have to keep going with these players that we've invested in. We have to give them opportunities. Um, Burstow, we know, is here for the rest of the season, so they have to have him involved. So I think that if it's not a high-caliber player, they'll just say, no, we're not doing it. Um, but my instinct tells me that because of Ipswich's interest all month, yeah. there will have been an understanding that Simon Moore was going to be very, very difficult. And so I am absolutely convinced there'll be other targets. But that's the one position where I, I know that if they don't feel like they can get a high-caliber target, they'll, they, they won't do it. So I'm still hopeful they will sign someone, but that is a position where I can definitely see them not doing anything. Yeah, right. We'll leave it there. Thank you for watching. You can keep up to date with all the transfer news over at the Sun and Echo website. Make sure you head over to at Sun Echo SAFC on Twitter as well. You can find Phil at Phil underscore underscore Smith. And you can find me at James Copley underscore. Thank you very much for watching.